Alrighty, this is Tyler, and I am here with an amazing, hilarious, phenomenal, um, bald G. <laughs> yeah, the, you know the bald was part of the compliment too, because at least oh, I had the I had the wherewithal to uh, sh- shave it. You know? I I I have a feeling that being called bald is like the biggest compliment because I would say ninety nine percent of men probably wouldn't be able to you know be able to do it and look good. It, it's it's like this one thing where it's like it's like you Patrick Stewart and uh, now Andrew Alandi and then Michael Rosenbaum. You guys are like. The only guys who I feel like who can like pull it off. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's really good. That's a, I'll take that compliment. Uh, someone's explained <laughs> it to me. It's a going bald is a choice. Balding isn't. And I'm like, oh shoot, that's yeah, like very. That's like philosophical, cool man. I just got the chills from that. But I, I think it, you know, I got a natural genetic advantage because you know I'm Asian and I shave my head and I look like oh a Zen Buddhist monk as opposed to <laughs> if I was like if I if as opposed to no offense if I was a white dude then I'd look like either Jeff Bezos or a white supremacist. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, and, and both feel, of them. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for the white dudes because like there's a lot of there, no there's a lot of people like white dudes that are ruining the bald look. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, oh man, I had to add, like, yeah, so, yeah, or like, yeah, you look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you can pull off, like, if anybody could look like Stone Cold Steve Austin, then that's like pinnacle, I feel like, because you're just. Yeah. Austin Stewart, uh, name generic. Other white guy. Bald dude. Uh, <laughs> I, no, Mr. Clean, I take as a compliment because that dude is ripped. That guy is, yeah, that guy is so swole. Man. He's swole. He got swole, and he's cleaning your floor with it. Like, okay, yeah. cool. You know that that's that's how you dismantle the patriarchy, right he, there. Yeah, dude. that guy. Yeah, man, man, Mr. Clean. But uh. <laughs> but here, but here, but we are here to talk about some project and something that you did. You create or you helped create of uh, one of my favorite things I've ever experienced at a convention. The oh, am I going to say the name or is that you introducing the? Concept? Oh, I, I, I first, I guess I, I wanted to make sure. I'm giving proper credit to you uh, and your team. I want to say, I want to say, I am. While I did play an important part in the initial idea of of the project, I am but a cog in this gigantic, crazy machine. So while it's my idea, the process is very collaborative. So okay, if it, uh, so, I don't like so saying we, it's we have the amazing bald cog. Of Cosplay Wrestling Federation. <laughs> See, I was about to say co-founder. Cog is, sure, let's roll with that. If I had a business card and I was able, like, because, like, I, I pretty much. You have my business card. No, no, I'm saying, like, with me now. Now, now because, like, Jeff and I both co-founded it. Now I want to I wanna change my business card that says co-founder to Cog now. I'm not going to lie. Cog. He's like, yeah, what Cog. do you do? I'm Cog. Cog. <laughs> I'm the Cog of this. And Creation of genius. Bam. Oh, Boom! Look at that. You're, yeah, you're 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 on it. But like, okay, so <laughs> so co-founder of Coffee Wrestling Federation. If you listen to this show, I have talked about it. I think two or three. I, I think I've mentioned it like on two or three episodes straight, or four episodes straight. I've mentioned it a lot, and it is absolutely phenomenal. It, it definitely reinvigorated a lot of stuff because I don't like going to panels anymore unless like I'm on them. Yeah, which is it's just, dude. I feel that it, it's 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 so hard. It's, it's egotistic as fuck because you're sitting there and you, first off, you the talent up there is legit. Yeah, like you're like either 
oh my god this sucks how can i do it better or oh my god this is so good i suck i need to go do something right now to to, to reaffirm myself so mine is usually that sometimes but like actually but like i will say 99 percent of the time mine is more of just like i'm just i i get i think about the exhaustion of scheduling and getting everybody together and then like trying to like basically be like i wonder how many of these people were like were weren't supposed to be on the panel originally who dropped out. And I, then I would try to figure out like somebody had to have dropped out. Somebody got the time like, Oh, I'm not going to be there that day or that time. And I, and I, I think about all like all the whole <sighs> scheduling and all that glorious. Yeah, I live that. I live that at ALA. Thank you. Yes. Thank- you were phenomenal. And thank you so much for, for stepping in. But uh, this interview is about you and your amazing co-created <laughs> uh, creation, co-creation that, that, that didn't, that wasn't, that wasn't proper, but Okay, so so uh, Cosplay Wrestling Federation, who ran into the room with like a blueprint paper and just slammed it down on the desk, and it was just like, like Senator, right. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> These are the droids we're looking for. <laughs> um, all right, so the the story is uh, me and uh, myself and Kevin Wong. Kevin Wong plays Lachey Decree. We were at a great legs. Oh yeah, it's phenomenal. He he maxes out that leg press machine like crazy. I definitely have some uh, questions about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were at a Chinese buffet in Concord. Uh, we finished attending a a Toys Logic kind of open house little mini convention, and we were getting lunch. And we're eating there, and uh, I joked around because this is around the time uh, I want to say seven years ago when cosplay deviance was taken off. You know, cosplay deviance, right? Before they actually became kind of like I do, a, I, I do know. Yeah, before they, <laughs> yeah, before they became an industry thing, they were just kind of a, a like a almost like a photo blog and stuff. Yeah. And you know, there were there were two types of the models. Uh, the ones were like hey they're they're actual cosplayers and they bring their outfits and they do you know risque photo shoots and the other type was uh models that they would hire and give them a costume and shoot around nothing wrong with that you know what i mean yeah, at, absolutely. at the end yeah nothing wrong with that you're expressing so, yourself correct and i was joking with kevin it's like hey what if we did the cosplay deviance model but instead of like sexy people and we give them costumes we got pro wrestlers and we gave them <laughs> we gave them costumes and then they wrestled right and then we're we're, we're joking around like oh my god think of the think of the rivalries we'll, we'll have like the gorillas versus the vocaloid characters or like <laughs> like the cast of pokemon would wrestle the cast of digimon because kevin and i uh we're we're very um we're fans of wrestling yeah Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, that was more his time. I was kind of out of it, but uh, a lot of the tropes of wrestling stood out to me. Uh, just curious, Tyler, did you really follow wrestling back in the day? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, so I de- definitely I was an actually a WCW kind of guy. I was all about Sting. Uh, dude, everybody's about Sting. Yeah. Sting. Well, <laughs> not, well, not so Kevin much anymore. I... <laughs> It's understandable. It's really hard to catch. He up. got weird uh, personally, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm good." <laughs> did you know Sting is part of the Christian Wrestling Federation? Yeah. I think yeah, I thought dude. he co-founded it. I thought. I don't know, but yeah, you know, more power to him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Kevin and I, what we did was we we were joking around and how we would um we would basically take wrestling storylines like uh, the Hardy Boys and Lita and just swapped out the names. So instead of like Matt Jeff Hardy and uh, Lita, it's Ty, Matt, and Sora, and we would just do the same thing. And it, w- it was really funny because, uh, you know, 
it was one of those moments where you had an idea and then you realize it's working more than it should. Yeah. You know, where you're tapping into that that spiritual appeal of how when you realize two properties are more similar than dissimilar. Um <laughs> so we were we were joking about these things. We 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 started then playing around with okay, if uh, anime character was a wrestler, what would their finishing move be? I think I said uh, Shijikari's finisher would be called the Third Impact, and Kwaru <laughs> would be a submission called Touched by an Angel from Evangelion. And at that moment, when the, gear, when the gears are spinning, I know a lot of, a lot of COG references. <laughs> gears are spinning. Uh, a few months back, actually years ago, I had a job uh, working at Blockbuster Video, and checking out I, I always i watched all their documentaries and there was this one documentary i remember called air guitar nation what air guitar nation is a documentary about the world competition of air guitar oh it's yeah amazing. air guitar competition are huge like i'm from austin texas they're huge there especially at alamo draft yeah, they're house. huge and and like they're legit so I don't know how that idea seeped into my brain, but <laughs> like we gotta I get air guitars said, in this. No, 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 no. More like I said, I I don't know if I said it out loud, but it was in my brain. But I go, if people could have a guitar show with no guitar, what if we did a wrestling show with no wrestling? And Ke- and Kevin just said. All right, what would we do? And I grabbed a piece of paper <laughs> and I started I started drawing up the show flow. It's like, okay, here's the stage. We'd have people come in, uh, they talk, and then uh we just kind of used a lot of standard panel tropes, like yeah. all right, uh, uh the people would cheer whoever goes on, there'd be a champ, and the champion would get the would come in with a championship belt, and the <laughs> winner would challenge him, and then they win the belt and defend it. And Kevin's like, oh, my God, like, we, we got to do this. And I went and he said, who would be our first champion? And I had an idea. Uh, I have a friend, uh, Big Wes, good friend of mine, part of my okay. uh, part of my team. I called Wes. I, hey, Wes, I got this idea. We got this wrestling show where there's no wrestling and people talk about like, <laughs> beating each other up, but there's no fighting. And we need someone to be a first champion. Do you want to be it? And Wes is like, I'm in. And I went, okay. <laughs> so we, we we had it. We were thinking about this idea. ALA was coming around the corner. We wanted to do Fanime. And then we went, you know, ALA is very, um, it's very, Insane. there's a lot of adults. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. We wanted, uh, right from the beginning, Kevin and I knew that you had to do the CWF at the right con. And yeah. ALA's crowd is not passive. Like, you know, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. how you, Tyler, you've been to a lot of cons and you oh, have absolutely. like, at, like, uh, like usually expos and comic cons, the audiences are a lot more passive. Yeah. They're there for like, we're here to get all our shit and get and autographs leave, yeah. and get out. Exactly. Leave, which is cool. Which is cool. But, you know, ALA, uh, ALA and Fandom are like congregating and like being part of like being part of something and stuff. It's, it's insane. Being, being part of something from uh, Rotary. Not to mention a lot of the attendees are over 18 and have a strong nightlife, yes. which is uh, – you. we wanted to tap in those rowdy people because the rowdy people are most likely to do it. So we uh, said let's do it at ALA and let's see what happens. And the best part is if ALA doesn't go well, nobody's seen it, and <laughs> we, could, we could walk away with like only – with part of our dignity intact. Yeah. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I, I I guess this is the part where you would want to know how did that first ALA show go? Or well, gee, how how was the second? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. How how did they, <laughs> how did the ALA go? All right, so you you gotta remember that Kevin and when we submitted the app, uh, Kevin and I were nervous wrecks. Yeah, because. We did a lot of unlike, planning. It was just... we did a lot of planning. We because unlike other panels, like you know, a guest Q and A or an improv show, you know how well it will do because it's been done in the space. Yeah, no one's done did this anything of what no one's CW done has. this <laughs> right. Like we're going to be going like okay, well, and the hard part is, will people get it? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the that's the biggest thing. Um, the biggest hurdle we have to um that every show has is the audience needs to play along yeah if the audience doesn't play along or is just a passive entity it it, it doesn't work it's this very fragile balance so so here comes ala uh we put up an application on all the major cosplay forms because it's seven years ago and the social media uh, borg hasn't taken over yeah. the uh the internet the, the, no one the signs trolls up. were just like getting born like like they were just kind of finally crawling crawling out of you know their their those little holes in the ground and so they didn't know what to do with themselves yet yeah I'm guessing so we, we had to do, we we relied on internet forms and didn't so we got no applications yeah so kevin and i took the bus uh, not the bus we drove to target bought a poster board and literally wrote out are you tough enough come to this spot at blank p.m and we did open auditions in the hotel lobby we were in like this it looked like this rap cypher circle <laughs> uh, and uh i i ran into some of my friends i hey uh chris chris is a uh, He's this really big black dude with a giant afro, and he cosplays as the Afro Saiyan. I oh, saw awesome. him. He he's a friend of mine. He did he's act, he did a lot of nerd stand up. I said, "Hey, Chris, we're doing the show. Uh, please come in." And, and it was it was just like a bunch of people. Yeah. And then we we cast the first show. Uh, most of it, some of it was our friends, some of it was just our strangers, and we're sitting in the room, <laughs> and I. Not sitting in the room. Rewind. Uh, before the show, Kevin and I knew we needed an MC. Yeah. So I asked Andrew Alandi. Nice. I love it. I was like, hey, Andrew, uh, can you be our wrestling announcer? He's all, yes. <laughs> but say no more. But, but it's, he's all, but I got to do the Triple H entrance. <laughs> and at first I pushed back against because Kevin and I, we, um, there was the first concession we made together was that we needed to keep our egos in check. Yeah. Because you've Tyler, you've been in the space where you feel <laughs> where, where you see projects that seem more of a vehicle to stroke the producer or the leader's oh, ego, as opposed to creating. Percent. Yeah. As opposed to creating something that's generally meant to be consumed by the public. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't want that. So while Kevin, that's why Kevin and I, made ourselves authority figures but we said that we would not make the show revolve around us we wanted yeah. to be background characters because if, this is essentially like me with the unnecessary debate so i like i yeah, just correct. ask the questions <laughs> yeah correct yeah it, it's a it's a great way to it's like a check of balance against yourself because yeah yeah 
uh, when Elandi said he wanted to do the Triple H entrance, I said, um, I don't know, man. I really wanted to focus on the contestants, your staff. He's like, all right, just let me do it, G, please. <laughs> and at the night, at the sh- night of the show, Elandi says, am I doing it? And my Brian's like, you know, he's doing me a solid. Let's give it to him, right? Yeah. At- give it to him. So we start the show. Nobody knows the fuck is going on. No. Yeah. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's, 10, it's 10 at night. People are probably buzzed. Uh, <laughs> and I forget how the show started in terms of today. I explained the rules first. But yeah. Then comes a Landy's entrance and you hear duh, duh, time to play the game. I, okay. Sorry, <laughs> motorhead. I know my motorhead sounds more like fat output. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, so we, we hear t- time to play the game the a uh the tech the tech staff member had the wherewithal to turn the lights off minute the lights went off crowds all, oh oh it's amazing Landy, Landy does this whole thing he does the triple h water spit and crowd goes wild and I'm, I love Triple H. Kevin and I are looking at us, and we're all okay. We might have something. Uh, the attack, the, the contestants go up. The crowd is chanting whenever they say a great line. They're going like, "Holy shit! Holy <laughs> shit! This is awesome!" And the three of us are like, "What the fuck is going on?" Room is packed to the max the more noise these people make the more people are falling in it's standing room only they're across the 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 outer partitions they're standing in the hallway uh ala staff is kind of like break it up break it up and people are losing their minds (laughs) they had amazing the afro saint had amazing lines he said uh I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at your parallel, and you're nothing more than the krill in a cosplay. <laughs> and then Wes, Wes said, "If I'm the krill in a cosplay, you're the Yamcha of cosplay." <laughs> oh, that's oh, amazing! Oh, just just from that, and then history was made. History was made. It's a long story. And I know. No, I love it. No, it, it but this that's this is like the whole beginning of CWF. And like I I God, I loved it. It was just it was so intricate and so well done and like the preparations were amazing. Uh your other host was is phenomenal too, the other guy. That, oh, that's Wes. Wes. Oh, that is Wes. Okay. That's Wes. Wes was our first champion and it was funny because when we got more champions, he didn't feel like to compete anymore. Yeah. So he kind of hung around as a ref. And then what we did was when we wanted him to be a, uh, a co-host, we promoted him to general ma- to commissioner. Nice. Like we actually promoted him. So in universe, his character got promoted and that's where he is right now. That, that's what happened to triple H as well. Right. Didn't he get promoted for uh, a second? Uh, well, Triple H was uh, a wrestler. Then he married Stephanie McMahon. Yes. Then okay. became yes. CEO. Okay. Yeah, CEO. But yeah, uh, what happened to Wes is more like what happened to Mick Foley. Oh yeah, Mick. yeah, yeah. That's yeah with commissioners. <laughs> and um, oh man, so okay, so I guess uh, you can't say everybody's uh, I guess identity and stuff like that, but like Skeletor. Oh man, oh, yeah. What what that's... what is the beginning of Skeletor? The the beginning of Skeletor, okay, so what happened was we had a show at Sac Anime, 
and uh, I mean, I'm gonna say his name. His name is Daniel. He, okay. He he actually won the championship before as Yami Yugi, and then he <laughs> he he did a few shows as Jotaro Kujo, and so he was trying out a few things. And uh, according to Daniel, the story was is that he was in the car at the airport, uh, and he I think he accidentally founded like like did a laugh or like some sort of sneeze that sounded very similar to Skeletor. Like he went, yeah. And then he stopped <laughs> and he went, Oh, that sounds like Skeletor. So like voice actors do this all the time. Me and myself included yeah. when you find a sound, it's like, yeah, I'll get you. Hey man. And then he realized he, he had a pretty fun Skeletor uh, impression. And that's when uh, this was before Halloween. So he bought a Skeletor costume and we was just <laughs> running around like, Hey, I'm Skeletor. Second enemy rolls in, and they had Skeletor's voice actor. Daniel's like, oh, the stars have aligned. I got to be Skeletor for Sack Anime. Oh, and that's then, awesome. And then he entered the show for our blackout division, which is kind of like our lower division, the more experimental fed, and he wins the show. <laughs> yeah. And, and from then on out, he just kept being Skeletor and kept refining the process. I, I think he's perfect. I think the the Warrior Brothers, the Warrior Brothers, are absolutely perfect. Like, oh, water and warfare. Oh my gosh! Yeah, water wah. and warfare. Oh my god! Wow, wow. Um. Oh my god. That. I I do want to I do want to take this moment to really express. I mean, to give a little hindsight, not hindsight, a little insight onto the creative process. Absolutely. Yes, please. Because a lot of, you know, some people would understandably assume like, oh my gosh, Gerardo has had his hand in all these ideas. I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a facilitator of madness where people come up to me and they say, hey, I want to do this character or we want to do this. And then I'll develop. We'll we'll develop the idea, but I'll never take ownership of an idea. Um, after working a, a, under a lot of shitty bosses in in the corporate world, yeah, I realized that if you get people who are happy at what they do and they take ownership of what they do, they will give you results that are way better than anything that you can impose on them. Absolutely. I completely agree. So when, when watered warfare come up to me or when Skeletor comes up to me or anyone comes up to an idea, number one, I'd say, Hey, make sure you talk to the rest of the team. Cause I'm only one guy. Don't let my status as lead yeah. producer. Like, think that my word is law and i know best i yeah. don't yeah but the the first question i ask out of them is what do you want to get out of this and tell me your base idea and then from at that point i will put in suggestions that have facilitated because what i look for is just making sure characters are consistent Right, yeah. I'll give you an example about consistency. This is not CWF related, but it's a little pop quiz, right? Absolutely. I'm gonna, okay. set, I'm gonna set the scene, all right? All right. Uh in comes a wrestler, uh Steve Rogers type, like all the all American patriot, babyface, good guy. All right. Okay. He comes in, uh uh, he's got a little like drummer boy. I mean, he's got a little flag where someone holding the American flag waving around looks great. Big yeah, yeah. Jack handsome looking dude so, goes in the ring believe yeah. in got it yeah believe in right yeah 
goes in the ring, gets the mic, does a salute, um, gives his jacket to the the flag wearer. The flag wearer walks away and says, listen here, I came to this ring as a self-made man, and I'm going to be the champion as a self-made man. Pretty good, right? Yeah. For the people. Did anything there stick out as incorrect? Ooh, um... If you can't figure it out, let uh, me know. I want to say the jacket, but that doesn't seem right. So I don't... You're, yeah, actually, you're right. Oh, okay. If he, if he, okay, first off, it's two things. Somebody else was waving the flag, and he gave his jacket to someone else, and they took it away. If you're a self-made person, why are you having other people carry your oh, shit? Oh, yeah, okay. So it's little stuff like that. Stuff that, you know, as an audience member, you don't really – can't you can't put your finger on yeah but it's little psychological details and tricks like that yeah that i look out for i love that that's awesome i i i I, man i need to be better attention to detail for than that or than what i'm doing i guess (laughs) no but it but it totally makes sense yeah 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 because um going through a lot of media analysis and such and especially when you watch every frame of painting you come to realize there's a lot of intrinsic stuff in the media that we enjoy yeah. that we don't that we that makes it amazing but we don't know but we are aware that it exists yeah i um you know, like what was it the oh, i was watching a documentary uh relatively about this uh oh you know what yeah so i'll go on to um so scott pilgrim's my favorite sh- movie of all time and there Fuck is, yeah and and there is this um I've seen, i saw it in theater seven times and i never really understood why i loved it so much and why i thought it was the best storytelling of any film and then there's this this seven minute youtube video where the guy was talking about how essentially the movie moves that essentially it's just constant movements that bring you to this next scene and that basically it makes it feel oh, like, like the whole thing doesn't stop. Yes. So you know how like a lot of movies, like their transition, like Star Wars, where it just like fades in and fades out. Scott Pilgrim never really does that unless it's like part of like the scene or somebody says something, but it, it's never a transition. It's the weirdest thing. It's so cool. I but... think I saw it too. Did that video talk about how the bell sound effect transitioned to a camera pan moving yes. into the, yes. And, and yes. he focused on that for like two minutes and it was brilliant. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Like right. The, the school but bell it, with disease. Yeah. Ugh. It's stuff like that. It's stuff like that. And, um, I, I, I don't want to, I want to say I study, but it's not like I, brought up literature or anything like that but it's um there's little psychological uh i don't want to say tricks but things you need to look out for uh part of it was i taught a lot of competitive speech and debate so yeah in, in the performance space um i teach my I, I taught i don't teach anymore i taught my students um certain things to keep everything consistent yeah like if, if you're a, ca- a competent character you got to look your audience in the eye or else it betrays of what you do even yeah. though you're mm-hmm. or it also creates like this whole like um illusion that, that there's like this you know there's something in between you and the other person uh, or some like, when they're not connected connecting to you i guess like there's another yeah. wall yeah and um, and and that well, stuff is in wrestling in spain yeah absolutely and and like uh, not to talk about it because I do want to have you on and talk about it a little bit more, but you also have a big hand in um, the 
uh, the last comic standing as well, where also with stand up is the exact same thing, where you have performers, people who live and breathe, uh, you know, and do the thing that they love on stage as well. Kind of like with wrestling, where it's like it's like this is your stage, this is your this is your persona. How do you use how do you use this space and how do you use everything and like your attention to detail, like what you're saying, is so big on both of those different things and they and that's so like with that you're you're seeing two completely different things one thing where it's like like wrestling and like interacting in, in a lot of interaction with the uh with the audience and the audience involvement where the other one is more about the person's performing and hopefully nobody heckles but sorry anyways no no actually it's funny that you bring up stand-up because the the there's four fandoms that i'm kind of following and they all are very similar uh, which is pro wrestling, stand up comedy, magic, oh, and wow. drag. Nice. Yeah. Drag, no, think of it. Think, so of, much think fun. of magic. Think of no magic. Think yeah, of it. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's about it's about presenting an illusion with a tightly knit circle of uh, of people yep. with their own insider terminology and their own trade secrets that they cannot leak to the public. Yeah. Like I. Oh man, have, have you been to the Magic Castle on that, on that front? Gee, you're, this is like the second time I've heard about the Magic Castle in this weekend. It's it's funny. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> see, I, well, I talk about it like all like all day. I, I have to. I legally have to talk about it every hour. I'm kidding. No. Um. <laughs> what? Uh. No. Okay. But like, yeah, I, I got to go there once, and it was really cool because you got to sit around. And a lot of people who just hang out. There are people who hang out there every single day who are magicians, and they won't tell you anything. And it is awesome and irritating at the same time. <laughs> You know, this is for you, um, just on your own time. Okay, but, absolutely. Uh, you need to watch. If you look on this video, I'll link it. Okay, because we're on Discord. Everyone listening, we're on Discord. <laughs> I'm linking this. Is Teller? Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Discord. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, Discord. <laughs> it's Teller speak on the channel The Illusionist, where Teller from Penn and Teller talks oh, yes. about the psychology of magic, and he does the uh, the coin pulling trick. And it's really. Wait, I think I've seen this video. See, I watch a lot of Penn and Teller, a lot of uh, especially uh, Penn. I, I, yeah, I love him a lot. So I may have seen a video like this. Okay, this is not the quality I've seen. Never mind. But yeah, I, but... I know he broke down the the, the psychology of doing uh, several of the tri uh, tricks. Not yeah, just... that's the one with the uh, cigarette, the lighter, yes. and the. Yes, that's uh, that's the misdirection one that shows the purpose of that is to show how like a simple move like grabbing a cigarette is really five different moves that a magician does. Under. Yes, this more is the psychology of how a magician sets up a trick, that's which insane. is insane. Oh, OK, that's awesome. Which is very similar to the psychology of how one tells a joke. Yes, absolutely. Um, if. Uh, First off, if you want to talk about joke telling, Paul Decor, my senior judge on oh, yeah. my comedy team, amazing guy. Amazing. He was on MPC. two episodes. Uh, who, or, yeah, he was on uh, two episodes of the Grand Geek Career before this one. So we did both him Damn and Matt. Straight. Damn he is straight. phenomenal. He he his psychological breakdown of of jokes and rhythm and timing is insane <laughs> um i approach it more of an academic sense where um like with joke telling i talk about a, how a joke has to make sense logically internally yeah 
but you know, I'm I'm getting off that. <laughs> I'm getting off no, that. No, uh, I'm the same way. So like, I, I, I'm a judge for Lamar, uh, Lamar's thing, and I I grew up around stand up comedians. Like Bill Ingvalls is a very big family friend. Um, Gary Valentine and a bunch of other people I, who I grew up and got to know pretty much all my life. I love stand up. I can't do it. I I'm I, I and a lot of a lot of people told me, and I've I've tried. I've done a lot of stuff. I can do improv. Stand up for me is like the toughest thing, and I'm and I'm okay with it. But like I, I see it as more of an academic. I love studying it. I was taught so much, and like yeah, and I love talking with Paul especially about it when we were doing the judge and even just the tryouts. We spent like thirty minutes. Oh, not thirty minutes. We spent like almost fifteen to twenty minutes trying to figure out and basically just breaking down all the notes that we both had. And uh, yeah, no, I see. I completely understand what you're what you're saying though. It is. Uh, I used to do stand up too. I even won the late comedy show in 2009. But nice. I don't know. Something, something happened where I can't write jokes anymore. Yeah. And I'm, when it comes to improv and humor, I think I'm a lot like you where I it's like hard. For, it, it's hard for us to be funny, but we're like, if, if we look at humor and jokes as like the, uh, food items on a three course meal, we'd be really bitching ass condiments. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it, it's the weirdest thing because, like, even like with improv, uh, and, and, and like, I'll, I'll tie this to, to uh, you know, CWF as well. It's that, like, for me, I, I actually don't usually need other people as well. There was a, there was an, especially like in acting classes and stuff like that, you have to go up there and people just shout things at you. And I can do it like that. I need scenarios. I need something. I need something that will connect me to the audience. And audience will, and that's the thing is about why I love about improv is that you go in not knowing what you're going to do and the audience essentially tells you, hey, give me a place. Boom. Thank you. And now I know how to make this joke funny for at least you. I got one person I know will laugh. Like, you know, and, and you just kind of build upon that. Uh, and, and that's what it's weird. Actually, what you're talking about is a really interesting. Um, I like to call it a psychological paradox of um, it's, 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 it's kind of like those people who how... talk to the dead, quote unquote. <laughs> well, more so what I, the, the point I was trying to make is the psychological paradox that having ultimate freedom and ultimate creative choice is very crippling in terms of making choices absolutely uh, like if i told you draw me a picture you're gonna stop and go what the fuck am i gonna draw yeah but if i gave you <laughs> but if i gave you a canvas and on that canvas had a cube on it you're gonna be like oh fuck i know what i could do right now yes a thousand percent that's exactly how my mind works is like yeah give me a start yeah. Nope. I, I and, and and that's how it is. I, I with with and uh, even Marcellus. I'll give Marcellus a shout out. You know, I, I written some jokes that I told him and I gave to him, and he was like, "Yeah, these are pretty good. He's got to work on them." I go, "Nah," and I just never did. I never I never got around to it. With um and uh, sorry, we'll go back over to CWF. I'm sorry, listeners. No, I love this, and and this is amazing. I'll actually do an unedited version and then an edited version for these shows. So if you're listening to this, hey, you're either supporting us on Patreon or I'm just letting everybody listen to this. So yay! If not, if you are listening for free, support our Patreon. Um, anyway, so support their Patreon. Yeah, and <laughs> thank you. But uh, CWF. Literally one of the greatest things I've experienced at a convention, and I, I do not say that lightly. Uh, I, I find Thank it absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I was engaged. The end, I was not bored. Um, uh, there's a few questions I want to ask. First off, uh, the main reasoning for shaving of the legs, 
is definitely going to be a question. Another one is uh, now that you guys have been more established, it is found around the country. You guys have improvers and amazing people who basically have reoccurring characters, and sometimes they'll try up different characters as well. Like I think we had Florida Man, who had been on once or twice before, is a relatively new character, from what I was told. And yeah, so- he used to he um, he's been playing uh, years before Super Mario, and yeah. his character got so popular, he even transitioned to being an actual pro wrestler for East Bay Pro Wrestling and Supreme Pro Wrestling. He actually did a full wrestling match because we had another uh, person who joined. Uh, his name's Alex. He entered as a pro wrestling version of Phoenix Wright. So they that had a few, phenomenal. They had a few that started in CWF and then it culminated in them wrestling in a ring. It's so great. I love it. Oh, especially the Phoenix Wright. Oh my god. Objection! Um, give him the old objection. No. Um. Anyway, so um, oh, it's great. It's great when when Phoenix when Phoenix is hulking, hulking out, he'll block a move and go objection, and he does like a Hulk Hogan like. <gasps> oh, that makes me so happy. Um. Yeah. So what got uh, Alex correct? Uh. To, to yes, Alex. The whole persona. Uh, uh. For his character, what? What? How was that conversation? Well, first off, Alex is a like this is so not fair he's a game developer who trains in pro wrestling so it's like damn it you got the cool geek job and you got the <laughs> pro wrestling stuff um it was really that uh, he's been in the wrestling space a long time and uh he watched a lot of vgcw which is a yeah which is a um uh a wrestling league done created uh, entirely through uh wrestling games create a character and he really liked the Phoenix Wright character and he wanted to do his own version for CWF uh, because if you look at it, Phoenix Wright, he has a lot of attributes that make a great pro wrestler. Yeah, He's simple, honest, iconic posing, iconic catchphrases. That's amazing. He always, yeah, he always believes in helping the, the people that are downtrodden and he's always the underdog. So, I mean, if that's you, awesome. Have you ever played a Phoenix Wright game? Uh no, I've I've watched the game Grumps play one, but uh, oh, that's fucking amazing. It's I, I fucking mostly amazing. know him from from honestly Marvel versus Capcom to be honest. <laughs> right, but if you actually stop and watch and like play the first case, it actually has the back and forth of a pro wrestling match. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it is awesome. Phoenix Wright <laughs> is awesome. So um, your your other co-host um, you have Wes, Kevin. you Kevin. So Kevin. Kevin. What, what so what led to his character for uh so Kevin um Kevin's a, a very unique fella he a lot of his performance background is dance and voguing and he's a he's a part of the LGBTQ he uh he is gay um That's awesome. so he's he's yeah go ahead and he is a uh, a bishi for Yaoi-Con, where he does like a, a dance, like a, a dance slash strip tease for the attendees. Oh, and cool. when we were talking about our characters, we knew that we needed to have two staff characters to be the anchor point. And thinking back to the days of Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lara, or even Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura, we knew that one, the characters needed to contrast. There would be a okay. good uh, a good character and an evil character, and since we were going to be the staff, one of them was going to have to be 
the the CEO, the head. Yeah. Uh, which is not unlike how Vince McMahon was in commentary. So between the two of us, we had to decide who was going to be the CEO, then who's going to be the face, and who's going to be the heel. Uh, I'm blessed that I could be both. <laughs> I, I'm both. And Kevin can't. Kevin can never be a good guy. So <laughs> God bless so Kevin. From there, <laughs> so from there, it's like, okay, Kevin, you're the heel. And we decided that Kevin would be the authority figure because um, since he's a man of very few words, it's uh, it would be stronger it, of a stronger characterization. Yeah. So I said, like, okay, Kevin. He is fierce. Let me just tell you just straight up. He, he is, is absolutely fierce. It's amazing. It's he embodies that character. It's phenomenal. It's a personality that he's cultivated a long time through like a lot of his performances and how he carries himself out. Um, he's part of the Dance Dance Revolution freestyle scene, and he actually plays a heel character. And <laughs> it, it's great. He'd like He'll talk shit to all the other dancers and be like, my dance is the best thing you'll ever see in this piece of shit city. <laughs> he'll say that right before he performs. <laughs> or I want to meet him so badly. <laughs> or when a tournament comes up, right? Like uh, there's a tournament in San Jose. He'll tag himself at, at like the San Jose airport saying, I'm coming for you guys. Then he won't show up because he never really planned to. And then he'll he'll tag another airport and be like, you think I was going to spend airplane tickets? No, y'all ain't worth it. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I asked Kevin what he was going to do. Um, and he said he wanted to uh, play a woman. And Kevin has when – he, when he talks, he has this southern drawl. So he made Lache- – he, he had the name. Decree is his name. Like that's what he calls himself. Yeah. So Lacheda Decree. Lacheda because he wanted to tap into that, you know, kind of um I don't want to say hood. That's not the right word, but that um Exotic? Not, not exotic, but he that that's the word. The word I'm going on the I don't want it's not like hood, it's not like ghetto, but he I think I know tap. if I don't want to say it out loud. Is that okay? He wanted to Urban? Uh yeah, he there we go. He wanted to tap into that urban aesthetic. Tyler edited because, that out. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh the, the urban aesthetic because he spent a lot of time in 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 that scene with Lacheda. Yeah. And then Decree was his tag. So he said that. And then I stopped. All right, okay. Here's your story. Um Lachetta Decree was a popular, was a really amazing Wall Street day trader. Now, <laughs> now, originally, I said that she married into money and then her husband died. And I stopped. I went, no, that undercuts her authority. So I said she was an amazing like day trader, stock exchanger, business person who accumulated so many, so much wealth. She got bored. Then she just founded the Cosplay Wrestling Federation out of her own self-entertainment. Ah, uh, I love it. So, so that's her lore. That's her lore. That's, that's why, phenomenal. Uh, I love that. It's empowering too, honestly. It is. It is. And it also just gives it a very selfish reason for her to do this. So <laughs> More of she, a heel 
And... Yeah, more of a heel. That's why she says this is my show because ultimately everything is uh, – she's doing it for her enjoyment. A thousand percent, uh, yeah. But at the same time, it also means that she could give the audience what they want because what they want could be what she wants. So right after or I said even, that – Or to even be more of a heel to give them not what they want and cause a whole big uproar. Of course. That's that's <laughs> that's the beauty of it. So then Kevin said that – and then in my brain, I'm already spinning. So, okay, you got to contrast. You got to contrast. So big, powerful, rich, successful, wealthy woman. And so and I said, all right, my name is Mr. Hickey. And I was going to ask you how we got your character. But, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Hickey. Your because, character uh, is so funny. You have, uh... like, ah. <laughs> 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 Your face, like everything. I feel like whenever your character, every like every feature in your face is like eighty times bigger than anything I've ever seen ever. Like your <laughs> eyes are just like two gigantic like moons, and your mouth just like I don't know what it is, but your mouth just makes like the perfect like O the entire time. And I'm like <laughs> that has to hurt some like 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 at least like fifty muscles like the entire time. Like <laughs> there's a uh, in joke with the team. It's like uh, and your nose grows like... somehow. It's the weirdest thing. Right. <laughs> <People>. <laughs> The in joke of the team is people like to rewatch shows just to watch me and my faces. <laughs> a lot, ninety eight percent of it is honest reacting. But when I made Mister Hiki, right, I made him where he's like, you know, uh, did you ever see? First off, do you know what a hikimori is? I do not. Okay, hikimori is a. Uh, it's someone. In, it's a Japanese term for someone who doesn't go outside. Okay, so it's kind of oh. like an otaku, but not as geeky then. No, well, not really. You you could be you could be a hikimori without being an otaku. Yeah, that's it's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, it's like the geekiness of if it's an otaku. You're just yeah, you're a shut in. Okay, he, he's a shut in. Um, it's it's actually a very uh serious issue in Japan and around the world of people yeah. with really strong anxiety issues. And if you ever ever need to watch an anime, watch Welcome to the NHK. I have it. I have it on DVD. I love that that show. It's so weird in those scenes. It is. This, that's. Oh. But that's yeah. how I um, – that's – in my brain, I thought of, you know, so Mr. Hiki, and he was kind of like – originally I wrote him like the ESPN sports expert where because of all his free time, he would look up at all the stats, and oh, he yeah. was <laughs> in, in the lore, he was the definitive – poster on any who would win form like if he he put his judgment like oh yeah you know <laughs> superman would win like that's it that's that's the answer because he like he studied everything right yeah um that was mr hiki in theory in practice he was just the assistant everyone shat on and we ran <laughs> with that uh, we ran with that. Uh, nobody likes Mr. Hiki. That's why. That's why you hear me. Uh, you know, all the all Hiki sucks. There's also Hiki swallows. Uh, there was a <laughs> there was a sign brought in that said Mr. Hiki is a Holocaust denier. Uh, that, that was a real sign. That's, that, was that's... A real, that, that was a real sign. Um, I love the character. I, I just like I said, the expressions and everything was just so extra. And like I just love. <laughs> I, I, I want to let you know how like committed I am to the bit of Mr. Hiki. Does your where... face hurt like insanely from all the faces you made? Oh, it's, it's, it's not that. It's not that. Oh, okay. The way I commit the bit is <laughs> uh, I don't like being the focus because I'm the co-founder. No, absolutely. So every, time, every time they talk about the idea, that's where I get my 
<laughs> ego yeah. uh, boosted. But so I tell people, if you can avoid making Mr. Hickey the focus, do it. And I'm so committed to this where in the CWF, um, in all of the media I put out about CWF and I talk about everyone, I never use Mr. Hickey's name. Absolutely. And in the photo album, there's a photo album with all the staff and all the wrestlers. Mr. Hickey is not on there and nobody has noticed. It's <laughs> amazing. That's great. Or it would have been hilarious. Like, oh, now I'm thinking like, that's great. Or you could have like Mike Wazowski did it where you put like a sticker on, on top of it. <laughs> no, but, um, well, I, I, I will say this, like, like the only reason why, because I, I, I sat next to people I didn't know. And the only time like we really noticed and why I was like, your faces was like, yeah, my eyes would go to you because it would you would be the reaction of everything that um that kevin set would say kevin yes um yes kevin. And, and so you you would make something and that's what like so like the guy next to me go how the hell did he get his mouth so big and that's why i was like wait what and then like and then, and then all of us that's what i was saying like the whole time i'm just like did he get stung by a bee like everywhere? Because your nose, for some reason, you did you did some phase, and your nose looked like three times bigger, and then like your eyes also, and you're like so wide. I'm like, how are things just not like falling off your face? Like, <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> you were so how expressive, I did it. sir. <laughs> it, it part of it is a lot of my expressions. Part of it is it we talk about to psychology. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Hickey is the con. Well, I don't want to say he's the conscience, but he is a onstage representation of the feelings of the audience. Yes. So absolutely. If a, if, if a heel goes like anime sucks, fuck you, Miyazaki. <laughs> Hickey Hickey will freak out. Like, oh my god, he said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a way for me to communicate what the bad person is saying yes. is not normal. Um, also, when Lasheda says something or a big moment, when I freak out, um, it's to just really show how serious everything is. Absolutely. And, and how the audience uh, should feel as well. Correct. Because um, Mr. Heek is kind of like the Arthur Dent of the CWF. Okay. Because if you look at it, he's the only normal guy. So... <laughs> No, that's true. Look, it's it's a it's a world of titans and stuff. And Mister Hickey's the only normal guy, and he's under Lashada's thumb. So yeah, it's his job to like, you know, for a fact, if something fucks up, he his job is the first one to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's what uh, you know. That's that needs part to be a storyline where, where where you get fired. <laughs> you just beg <laughs> to come back. <laughs> Oh, I'll edit that out. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the psychology of the thing where uh, you know he because since we are billing this as a fight against two behemoths like the larger of life character exactly you know, yeah if you look at it with Mister Hickey being the only guy he could literally die in the crossfire oh god he could die <laughs> he could die like you know Thor versus Skeletor a stray lightning bolt can kill him. And, you know, any other character like Star-Lord or Florida Man, it would just be a serious injury. He could die. Yeah. And a little bit of mess. That's, yeah, that's why I uh, I play like that. You know, he is – he's over his head. Um, <laughs> and he's the only character, I think, who recognizes how dangerous this situation is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that that motherfucker's a god. Everybody know that, right? Like <laughs> everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. The crowd's all, Boo, "Fuck you, Thor!" And he's like, "Why are you booing? He's the god of thunder. Don't do that." Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's that's how we would react. You know, the the Shinji Akari of the the, the stuff of yeah. Yeah, oh, man, that got really <laughs> sorry. Uh, I loved it. And... No, that was amazing. We we yeah, we just kind of just broke everything down. It was phenomenal. But uh man, I, I'm so excited to see more. Um definitely can't wait for like AX and stuff. Like it's I wish I was going to Fanime. Uh I I don't know if I can handle that 24 hour con. This year's insane. Yeah, it's it's a lot more shit's coming up just because people who, you know, have realized how much money is in the shit. <laughs> yeah. So as more cons spring up, uh, I know there is a event that you are affiliated with that. Yeah. I'm helping out with programming, <laughs> programming. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that, but yeah, we got, <laughs> we got a show in Davis. Uh, it's great. It's cause it's Dicon. So we call the show die hard. That's and awesome. This is the second year it's called die harder. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And then Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh yes. yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance. You gotta just keep going. That's awesome. Oh man. G or Gerardo, thank you so much for being here, man. Uh where can they find everything CWF related? Uh that's easy. First off, you should definitely give us a follow on our Twitch page where we stream our shows live and do our podcast CWF Backstage Pass. And that's the CWF Network. Let me just I'll have all the links check. in the article and everything. Yes. The CWF network. And right now, most of our announcements are on our Facebook page, uh, cosplay wrestling federation on Facebook. That's where you'll see our custom posters, our announcements. And of course, one thing we didn't talk about our applications. Yes. Yes. Not a close right. troop. Every show we open this, we open up each show to the general public and always welcome new people. And not only do we welcome you, we'll actually train you and work with you because that way you come to the event with the best act you can. Absolutely. And that's awesome. Oh, man. Well, yeah, everything will be linked in the article and I'll share everything on, uh, on all the social medias. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, man, for being here. This was so much fun, especially for me being a big fan, a big new fan now. I get to know so much more, and uh, I can't wait. And uh, also, you do um, Last Comic Standing. You help produce that for AX and a bunch of other Uh, stuff as well. Dude, I I hope you get me and Lamar for that. Because, (laughs) no, we actually rebooted LCS. Yes, that's what what he and I were talking about. So I'm very excited to see what's going on with it, so... Oh, man. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and is there anything else we should fun, be man. looking out for? Uh, let's see. Besides, okay, well, our Phantom, the biggest show of our year, Fanime, has already been confirmed, and we got applications for that. Perfect. But right now, I think the thing that you should be looking out for is, uh, oh, oh, I thought I would be able to come up with the answer by the time I said that sentence. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think what you should be looking out for is I'm going to say what exactly is going to happen at Fanime. If you could watch any show, if you can't make it to Fanime, Tyler, I know you need to watch. You could watch it live 
on our Twitch page. Yes. And I, I probably will, as long as you give me all the inf- I it's like get all the information, and I will definitely be watching it on fan on Twitch. So you guys better watch it on Twitch as well. I'll be there commenting. And uh, thanks so much again, buddy. It's so good to see you. And so uh, good to see you. So good to be here. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> thanks for listening, in, guys. And uh, you can check out our website for all of our other podcasts. We have more shows that have just joined our network. Uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter as well. We'll be streaming on Twitch soon as well. No more Facebook Live. Look out for so much more. The music has been provided by Midnight Shinigami. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week, and GGG. GGG, you next.